0: From 4th Chicago, this is Go Forth, a podcast about entrepreneurship and connection made by a sisterhood of creative women. I'm Amelia Fruby. And I'm Amanda Glandon.
1: This is Season 3, Episode 3. For this episode... We brought together the powerhouse wordsmiths behind the unofficially named copy coven for a discussion on what makes their collaboration work. Julie Schumacher, Gresham Kowinski, and Betsy Michael are three business owners who all specialize in the written word, from consulting to strategy to execution. You'd think they'd be in tight competition, but they flipped that concept on its head and have instead made a conscious effort to lean on one another for consult and support. It was exciting to hear the full story of how this relationship came to be and where they see it heading in the future. They're a great example of how we can be stronger and better together when we're transparent, vulnerable, and coming from a place of abundance with those in similar lines of work. Let's get to the conversation. I'm Betsy Michael. I run a content studio called AVEC and I do content strategy and copywriting. I'm Julie
0: Schumacher. I have a words and ideas studio called Well-Turned Words, and I'm
2: the co-founder of 4th Chicago. I'm Gretchen Kelwinski. I'm a writer and creative strategist, and I'm currently working on a contract as a UX writer.
1: So we're interested in learning about how you first met and how you very first began to work together. Well, we were
0: all connected on a copywriting Facebook group and would kind of see each other posting in there. And we tended to either post on each other's posts or reply to each other's comments in threads and like found some serendipity there. Um, And then, yeah, there was a panel about being a freelance writer and I was invited on at like the last minute because I think there are other panelists that backed out. Um, Thank you. (laughs) That was sometime in the fall of 2014. Yeah. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, And they wanted a freelancer who worked outside of the advertising world. And so there were a lot of people that talk, up there talking about how to get longer-term freelance contracts at agencies and, you know, like the agency stress and agency, agency, agency. And I was, like, on the end of the panel, like, kind of like, that's not what I do. Like, there's another way. Like, there's a better way.
1: Um, and we, we all kind of connected after that. Yeah, I remember of- seeing Julie speak at the panel and just really – identifying with her and her work because it was so much like what I did and I remember like I have to meet this woman and I basically emailed her like uh like she was a famous person and I was like can I buy you coffee and um forced her into hanging out with me and I'm so <laughs> happy that she accepted and I remember we met at a coffee shop over by the gap on Michigan Avenue um and I always looked up to Julie and just wanted all of her advice, and I remember you giving me some really great advice that day that I still maintain to this day. Do you remember that, about the lovers? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm going to botch it, but it's something along the lines of, well, the thing that I came to Julie at the time that I was struggling with is that I I had a few different things that I was working on, but none of and they were all writing-related, but none of them were like one thing and everyone tells you specialize in your niche, find one thing, find one thing. And I was feeling like I was doing it wrong because I was juggling too many different things. Um, and Julie just gave me this great advice is just look at what's on your plate as levers. And sometimes you might have to pull one up a little bit and pull one down a little bit. And this is regards to your work and your you know personal life and all the things. They can't all be at a hundred percent all the time, but what is the balance of the levers that you can just kind of keep and maintain and, And it's not so much that idea of finding balance, which I think is kind of bullshit because what the hell is balance like doesn't exist, but it's like, what is the balance of these things right now? And that might change next week. That might change tomorrow. That will certainly change like a few weeks from now. But I don't know. I felt like it was really comforting to have that. And I still go back to that a lot. The interesting thing is I think we all admire each other.
0: Like, I think that idea of peer mentorship is really critical because I don't think it happens easily, but I think... Like, I didn't have any kind of professional writing background, so for me to have access to their in, you know, incredible knowledge of process and product, and I think, like, I had only ever been freelance, so I'd had to, like, cannonball into that world, so, like, I think one of the first things we shared was, like, contracts, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, like, I had to figure those out because I needed something in place but I didn't a lot of stuff I just didn't even know what certain words would mean within the copy industry and I and I was able to ask them and so it's like there's these um spaces of expertise we each have but on a complete like peer level so like sometimes one of us knows a little bit more but there's never a like one person is you know like kind of like one person knows more and is able to like the mentorship
1: is 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 flat it's like a flat mentorship i find sometimes that when we're what i get so much out of this group is the knowledge share and just sometimes the subjective advice that you just can't give yourself and we i might bring the exact same frustration to the to the group that one of them brought 6 months ago and they will give me the same advice that i gave them 6 months ago but i i can't give that advice to myself like i need someone who's at an arm's length who can be like hey betsy this is here are some things to think through. And I find, especially now that we've, I don't know, the group has been going for a few years now, some, there are some common frustrations that that come up and it's just really helpful to have someone. I think for
2: me, when um, I went to that event, so I'm a huge introvert. So it was a very big deal for me to like hone in completely on Julie and talk <laughs> myself to like, I'm going to approach a person. You guys at are
0: building a, my ego at so a, I'm going to
2: approach a person at this event where I don't know anybody because I connected so much with the types of writing that you were doing. So I was somebody who had gone from like one extreme of writing, like I was an arts and culture editor. Um, I, I freelanced for the Chicago Reader and Time Out and other places, and I'd been a full-time um, arts and culture editor at Time Out, and then uh, publishing fell apart. I was part of a group layoff. I freelanced for a while. I decided to get my MFA in writing and I went to completely swing the pendulum in the opposite direction, corporate America, financial writing, and that's where I spent a couple of years before I met up with these guys. And I was completely miserable and I found it really, really toxic and I was trying to get out that fall and I needed to see that there was like a way to have some kind of a balance between the two. I knew I wasn't going to be a full-time journalist again, um, but I knew I wanted to do different types of writing and I did not want it to be financial writing. And so for me, it was like seeing that somebody else was like balancing it out. And so I did approach her after the event, Um, but she was, she was very kind and, and generous and then somehow, you know through the combination of both of us reaching out after that event and these online groups that we were a part of, things kind of like snowballed from there.
1: So it started, it seems like a little bit through emails but has evolved into a very active Slack channel. So can you you give us some insights on what happens in the Slack channel?
0: Well, (laughs) so we,
1: so... We can't disclose
0: that. I know. Some of <laughs> some of it I, I would die if people could read my life. You guys, you guys, you guys. Um, so there's – so I think, like, part of it is is when you work for yourself and generally work from home, like, this is well documented. You are by yourself. And so having just even someone to say, like, What's your, what are you doing this morning mm-hmm. is – can be revelatory and can provide like a weird amount of balance to your day where you're like, I'm not just this, this body producing words. And so it, it goes from chatting about what we're eating for dinner and whether or not we've, you know, brushed our teeth that day. It's usually me that has not to, um, like, Hey, I need to write a client an email and it's a hard email and I don't know how to do it. What do you think of this draft? And then we workshop it. It's sharing wins. Hey, I asked for this rate and got it it's, you know, there's event channel to be like, I can't believe this is happening again. What am I doing wrong? Um, we have a resource channel that has like, here's a great example of email newsletters. Here's a great example of this. So we've, it winds up being, and maybe it's because we're all people who organize information for other people. Like it winds up being like, it's pretty organized, it's free form, but there's a structure and a system to it.
2: Yeah. A lot of it is just I think for me, feeling like you're not alone when stuff comes up, um, that if you were at an environment that was corporate or just a larger organization, you wouldn't have to figure out by yourself. So like for me, I had a a time sensitive client like right before Christmas that I had to get some copy to and I forgot what good websites were and like what voices (laughs) like people use on decent websites that have to do with technology because I was so under pressure and under deadline. And I just didn't remember, like Nest is a good example. And so these guys were literally like my support system that just listed a bunch of websites for me to refer to because I was in panic mode. Um, so that was, that was awesome. I mean, I think there's a lot of generosity and transparency among the three of us that um, has grown over the years. So there's a lot to be said for like, I have this line I need to send to a client, I'm all alone, like my business is just me, what do you think of this? And we'll suggest phrasing and ways to think about it and, and uh, just helping each other frame our experience, I think, and respond. And it's easy to um, know what is appropriate when it's somebody else's client relationship, mm-hmm. um, and then it's hard to feel that same way when it's like you and you're dealing directly with them. So there's a lot of like emotional support along those lines, I think, too. Like, it's okay to ask for this. It's okay to say no. It's okay to push back. It's okay to have boundaries, stuff like that.
0: I think, yeah, I think there's, like, there's some necessary, like, mutual outrage. Like, I can't believe this is happening to you. Like and So that you feel like, you're right. Like, this shouldn't yeah. be happening to me. And then I also think there's, like, an incredible tactical component of rate talk and proposal writing and how do I frame this and do I apply a late fee? Like, I feel like there's an incredibly, like, Traditionally seen as a a womanly approach of like mutual support and bolstering and that stuff. And then I think there's also this incredible business savviness that unfolds in there. Like we've all talked about, like I can, I found some of our emails where we talked about our rates three years ago and we're all charging what we are worth now. Maybe not always, (laughs) but I think like
1: there's there's leverage. I wouldn't wouldn't be earning (laughs) what I'm earning if it wasn't. I I realized that too. And it was like I I made this. We were talking a little bit about this last night. At some point, I feel like we made this unwritten pact that we were like all gonna, all gonna like next client we're gonna like go up in rates, and it was it actually gave us all some accountability. It's scary to say bigger and bigger numbers, but we could kind of practice saying it with each other, and then then I have Julie and Gretchen behind me, knowing that I told them that I was gonna go tell this client that I was gonna charge them a bunch of money, and they want to know if I got it or not. So I I actually have to do it now. And, oh my gosh, they said yes, and they didn't blink an eye, so should I have charged more? Um, <laughs> so I think the Select Channel especially, yeah, the, the transparency thing is huge because I, I'm not, I don't think I'm the one who started being super open because I'm not a really open person. I feel like it was one of you two who put your rates out there first or were vulnerable about a situation that you were struggling with or something, and once one person starts doing that, just opens the door, and I think now we just have, we all know that None of us have anything to hide from each other, and we're all a resource for each other. It's kind of ironic because we all work in the same industry, so we're technically all each other's competition, right? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so we don't compete for the same job. I have something to say about that. that. I don't know
2: (laughs) because I think, like, I I think the time that we started meeting and talking to each other, um, I had this idea of like radical transparency and. Um, And it was uh, born out of a kind of desperation, like the environment that I had been working in was so competitive and masculine and, you know, financial services oriented. And there was like yelling behind closed doors (laughs) and just a lot of toxicity. And I remember, you know, I was reading like Buddhist books, like Tara Brach radical acceptance. (laughs) And I really needed to believe that there was a different way to be in business. And I was trying to operate even if I didn't totally believe it, from the idea that there is enough for everyone. There truly is enough for everyone. Mm -hmm. I am not in competition with every person I see. And I grew up to be, I was pretty competitive in the past. And so this was a shift for me. And I was really clinging to that idea at the time that like, there's truly enough for all of us. And I need to believe that this can like work to be this radically open with people and confess, like I'm making too little on this job and here's where I wanna be and tell them about a potential new client and know that these people are not gonna go contact that client behind my back and say like, hey, I'm here too, I'll and do it for five dollars. Yeah, because I I feel like in the in the other world of 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 writer of copywriters, there can be that almost toxic competitiveness, yeah, and, and we have, have to know who to none trust. of that. Yeah. We have like the one hundred percent opposite of that in our little group.
0: When I think we've all referred projects to each other, yep. either that weren't good fits or were better fits. Like there have been things where I had room in my schedule, but I was like, I'm not of the three of us. I am the the not right person. Does one of you want it? Do you in particular want it? And I also don't think there's a lot of tension if I think Betsy's the right person. Like, I'll say, hey, Betsy, this seems like something you might be into. I've never, like, seen Gretchen be like, well, fuck you. Like, I want that project. (laughs) We've all referred projects to each other that we're, like, really jazzed about that then don't come of anything. And so you also have to, like, like, we'll tell each other about something and send the connection email and be like, look at me. I got my friend work. And then it falls apart. And it's... So there's, like a lot of assumed collective risk, but also assumed collective reward. Like some of my best projects come from work that I've gotten knowing them. Some of my like best projects that I've been able to refer out, it makes me really happy to see them thriving in them. Um, But it's, it is an interesting thing to be like, not only am I not losing work to two women who do really similar work, but we're all doing better work at better Mm -hmm. pay Mm -hmm and within the, the world that we're kind of watching, you know, the advertising writing world seems both cutthroat and competitive and also, um, like it, it's there to diminish the spirit. And I feel like when we are talking about our work, there's a general, like it's uplifting. It's, it, and we're all doing it to control various, like we all come from a very different perspective of what we need from the work. Um, whether our partners are, you know, working a certain kind of job or we have certain kind of responsibilities or certain kind of financial goals or we want to liberate ourselves time-wise or money-wise or eventually to do some other project. But it's neat to see that all of those things can kind of, like,
1: work in tandem. I'm not – I'm not doing a good job with this. But this is yeah. – that's something that, yeah, we have similar work and that we're freelance writers and do work that's somewhat related but also – What I found, and probably one reason why we clicked so well, found very early on, is that these are also business-minded women. And it's really hard to find business-minded freelancers. There's a lot of freelancers out there who are kind of... And I actually... We've had this conversation a lot. Like, I don't actually call myself a freelancer to certain people because I feel like it has this negative connotation that you're just flying by the seat of your pants and like take whatever work falls in your lap.
2: Carrie Bridge uh, writing in your little garret yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you got
1: fired and are filling the gap until exactly. your next full-time job. Where we take, we're very intentional about our work and um, we, and that's why we needed this like shared knowledge resource base between ourselves because there's a lot that you have to think through. It's not just that you show up in an agency and you sign your name and you sit there for three months like, we are juggling different things, and we're, try- we're also trying to intentionally build our lives for various goals that we have. Trying to figure out what to do with your week? Every Monday morning, we send out an email full of the Chicago events we're looking
2: forward to, the reads we have
1: bookmarked, and other general awesomeness. We call it 4th Approved, and you can sign up at 4 slash contact. That's 4
2: slash contact. What I've distilled from what you're saying is your best advice is like radical transparency. You provide accountability for each other. You provide community for each other. What other advice would you have for women business owners who want to cultivate these sorts of collaborations? I
1: was thinking about this actually. It's funny that you asked that question because this happened somewhat naturally and grew into a thing. but if someone's like i want I want what you have. I want to have two best friends and a private slack <laughs> channel like how do you make that um, and um actually, Gretchen print off this. Uh, amazing thing from... Jennifer Armbrist. Okay. (laughs) A hundred ways to make more money. And there was one that jumped out at me and it was something about like, here it is. Surprise yourself by saying yes when you usually say no. The reason we're sitting here today is because Gretchen, like, womaned up and went to talk to Julie and was like, I want to be your friend. And Julie said yes to that panel and I sent Julie an email and forced her to get coffee with me. And... I don't know. I feel like there's, as you know, as being active participants in forth, there's, there's so many events and stuff out there. And it's kind of like networking and you're going to maybe get out there and you might meet some people that you don't really jive with. But if you find someone who you feel like ha- you have some chemistry with in some way, that you have something to share, like reach out to that person and be like, hey, let's get coffee. And intentionally, if you find someone who's like, I think this might... It's kind of like dating, right? Like, I think this might, (laughs) this could go somewhere, but you'll never know unless you don't get out there and have a date with that person. So, and you might have a date and it might not really go that well. And you're like, okay, maybe I can still be professionally in the same circle with this person, but we're not going to like become BFFs. Because we obviously weren't doing this radical transparency thing from the day we met. Like, we had to build up to that. evolved.
0: I would say that once you say yes to the thing you might otherwise say no to, and this is, this is contrary to every fiber of how I move through the world is to apply a system to it. We had, we tried to be like, we're going to meet this many times. We're going to set up these Slack channels and there's going to be specific things we talk about in each of them. Like Mm -hmm. a friendship can be, can just kind of unfold and you take it, you see the person when you see the person you think about the person when you think about the person. But if you're trying to have this kind of business oriented or, or work oriented community, I think having something in place, like, I think both Betsy and Gretchen have been good about, like, let's let's look at our proposals the next time we talk. Hey, let's talk about this kind of, I found this article, what did you think about it? So I think providing structure and systems that, because um, one of the things that's missing when you work for yourself is job performance reviews, is professional development, like, you, it's all on you. So having opportunities to just kind of shoot the shit about, you know, whatever things we're thinking about that day are great. But I, I do really realize that a lot of the value comes from the, the the processes we're putting in place. And they're not like every Tuesday we do this, like it's not like that, but it, there is a, a way to think about our contracts, to think about how we write emails to clients, to think about how we schedule time off, to think about how we care for ourselves those things that are built into the relationship have made it different and in a lot in some ways like more beneficial than if we were just friends who were all writers
2: Mm -hmm. for sure digress in the slack channel Quite a bit. Uh, you know, there are discussions about dogs and partners and children and the cupcake we had for breakfast and the cold quesadilla we had for lunch <laughs> and chin hairs and, you know, any number of, of digressive things. But that's the great part about the, you know, sort of water cooler nature of that technology in Slack is that there's space for that and then you go to another channel and then there's space for, like, venting or there's a space for sharing a win and there's space for, like, having, like, Discussions that actually have given us all promotions. So what I'm thinking about in particular is like we've all given ourselves promotions, right? We've mm-hmm. all like raised our rates and gotten promotions. And even like job ch- title changes. That's So yeah. I'm thinking about the transition that we've all made in the last couple of years from thinking about ourselves primarily as writers um, to starting to talk to uh, among the three of us about Hey, I see this job ad for uh, a strategist, and this sounds a lot like what we do for our clients. Like we provide so much more than just writing. We give them hierarchies for information, and we help them plot like what content should go where. I think I'm actually like a content strategist, or I think I'm a I'm a consultant or a marketing consultant. And we've all managed to evolve the way that we have thought of ourselves. Um, in a way that is above just writer, because we actually are doing a lot more than that. Um, And that's been a beautiful thing to see. I think Betsy might have been the first one to say up front, I'm no longer calling myself a freelance writer on my website. (laughs) And um, we've all had shifts where we've got more strategy in the mix, and we should change our titles um, to reflect that. And it's been awesome to see.
0: I think it's really easy to be radically transparent when you feel good. You know, like it's easy to... To be like, I will share my income with you. Like, you know, (laughs) my nine-figure income. But, um, if we're including (laughs) cents. I feel like one of the things that's most interesting to me is, like, there have been things, like, we have all had some rock bottoms. We've had slow stretches. Mm -hmm. I had a, a major client just go bankrupt and, like, months of income disappear. And the first... You know, after I finished crying, like the first thing I did was like present it to, to Betsy and Gretchen. And sometimes it's a like, what the fuck am I gonna do? And sometimes it's, can you believe this just happened to me? Sometimes it's a, you guys know how hard I've been working. Like, how could this pass? So I feel like like one of the hardest things about radical transparency is that it has to be like a three sixty thing. It mm-hmm. has to be. I will share the things that will let like lift your business up. I will share my contracts. I will share my rates. I will share. And it also has to be that element of like, I am at, I'm at a bad place. I am, I am feeling like I'm a failure. I should quit. Maybe I'm not really a writer. Maybe, you know, and, and having them be there, not just to be like, honey, it's going to be okay. Cause like, you need that. But then also here's, here's two things. I found this, look at this, like that, that space of the transparency to also be, and it's not just vulnerable. It's like raw and kind of like pulpy that's terrible um you know like that has been like they are like last fall there were some really hard stretches and like that was the the first place I went like I go to the fourth channel and I go to them and it's like this is where like all of the humanity comes out you know like I'm not gonna put it on Facebook I'm not gonna like but like in those two spaces and the fourth channel I think is, is is similar in a lot of ways even though we're all doing really different things like like to be your like full and complete self in a space and be like they're not going to think less of me they're going to help like that feels incredible like I feel like so often there's not spaces where you can go and be like these people will help I don't know how they'll help but they will help
2: so who named it the copy coven and what does that mean to you all
0: I don't think it was me I think it was a I think it might have been the agents an agency that I've been working with I'm trying I'm trying to think I would love to take credit for it. (laughs) Um, But well, it it came down to so one of the questions you asked us to think about was like when we first started working together. And I realized like we actually haven't worked together all that much. And for a while, Betsy and I were writing at the same agency, but in different spaces. I did like internal stuff Mm -hmm. and she did external stuff.
1: We did that workshop together. We did.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We ran a workshop together. (laughs) Um, But like this. Uh, an agency that I'm currently working with, like, they're just scaling up. And I was... It's so exciting to be, like... Like, I have... I have the all-star team. Like, I have... Like, they were, like, we're probably going to need more writers. And I was, like, I got this. You know, like, (laughs) hold my LaCroix. And it was, like, exciting (laughs) to be able to be, like... Not only... It's like, it's like knowing – because I think when you're an independent or freelancer, the, the risk is the the reputation of being a, a flake, that you're going to miss a deadline, that you're just going to disappear because you found a cheap flight to Cancun or, like, you're going to take a full-time job. But, like, you want to be able to refer someone who's going to show up and do great work. And those are, like, two different parallel things that have to happen. And, and
1: apparently very difficult to Very find. difficult, <laughs>
0: yeah. But, like, knowing that I had – like, I have these people that I can recommend – And that I would be overjoyed and proud to be, like, standing next to. So I, like, pitched the idea of, like, if I can't handle all of this, we've talked loosely about, like, how do we take over the world together? Um, And so we were kind of thinking about ways to maybe pull each other in on projects that we can. And so, like, when I presented these, like, this, you know, secret conglomerate of women writers, someone in the room called it The Coven
2: amazing. That didn't even come from us. I I feel like, I feel like it's almost unspoken between us though. I mean, I'm, um, I've been following a woman named, um, Jennifer Armbrist and she's got these feminist business school courses and she's got like these principles for feminist business. And I, I, I attach to them so much, partly because of this group and just like my worldview. Um, but so much of the, (laughs) the coven part, um, which has to do with, like, communicating and, and being with women and lifting each other up makes total sense within that word and, and that context, like, this idea, like, we're in this together. We're
1: here to make the whole stronger in a way. It's just perfect. And it's cool. I, we're not – we haven't realized the full vision yet, but it's cool to see this experiment unfolding because we've, talk, like, we've talked about this before is um, we all have different – things going on, like various clients are juggling. So what if I could, what if we could offer ourselves as a group to someone and they can pick whoever's the best fit for the job, whoever has the best availability? Um, Because one thing that sucks about being independent is you might want to go on vacation sometimes or like something happens in your life where you need to take some time off. And so how cool would it be to be like, oh, I've got backup over here. Because usually what we just do is, you know, I think we all have great clients and, You can say, "Hey, I I, I have to go away for a week because something catastrophic happened in my life." But that work's still waiting for you when you get back. So, it would be cool to be to have someone who could, you know, have your back. And you guys, I feel like this conversation
2: is formalizing the coffee cup. And we need (laughs) to like go and set up a business immediately. Oh, I was going to say get matching
0: tattoos, but
2: (laughs) we could also.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were going in a slightly different direction. (laughs) But I think what's nice is, like, when I was trying to explain it to someone, I was like, we are interchangeable but completely different. Like, I know that all of us would produce a really good paragraph. It would be totally different paragraphs, but they would all do a really good job. And I know each of us would communicate effectively and in a timely manner with a client. Like Like, all of those pieces would be there, but then there's, like... I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain. It's like, it's not cookie cutter because it's not like we're like bots that produce the same, you know, generic stuff, but there's a, a mindset maybe or like an approach that, that matches that becomes really easily kind of fluid in terms of, I know if I know if I have a client that I've worked with before and I don't have time for it, like, I know that they could step in really elegantly in a way.
2: Thank you all so much for being here. We're so excited to listen and share all of this with everyone I else. didn't even
0: cry. Sorry. I didn't <laughs> cry. I might, I might, yeah. Good job,
2: everyone. Find show notes for this episode at fourthchicago.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes to receive each episode as it's released.
1: Until next time, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Fourth Chicago.